0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Hello, welcome to New Books in Japanese Studies, a podcast channel of the New Books Network. I am Jingyi Lee from the University of Arizona. Joining us today is our <laughs> Drs. Saito Takashi and James Heisig. Their new publication, Ghostly Tales from the Yotsuya Kaidan, was published last year by Jisokudo Publications. This is a revised and corrected translation of one of the most famous ghost tales in early modern Japan with an introduction written by Dr. Saito. Uh, both Takashi and Jim are researching about Japanese religion and philosophy at Nanzan University in Japan. Um, welcome, Takashi and Jim. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you for your invitation.
1: Thank you. Um, before we jump in, uh, into the book, may I just ask, what are your research focuses on? What do you study about?
2: Oh, okay, to answer this question, I should like to talk a little about my academic career. During my doctoral studies, I was engaged in the study of religiously Inspired fear in the early years of modernization in Japan, as Rudolf otto explains in his book. The idea of the holy, the concept of all, has been considered essential to the field of religious study. In particular, I was interested in his description of how God stories are very effective in generating fear. In young children, as a first step toward religious experience, it seems to me that any frightening story could evolve into a kind of religious experience, even if there are no clear catechetical motives attached. Or, more accurately, the feeling of fear evoked in these stories is able to inspire certain religious feelings among the listeners, each in their own way. My research has convinced me that theatrical performances in the Meiji era, that is roughly from the middle of the 19th century, are a good source of material for studying the place of frightening tales in religion. Because in the midst of the effort to modernize and catch up with the spirit of the European enlightening, enlightening, Japan developed new styles in all aspects of culture modernization, including those that touch on religion. My main concern has been with trying to understand just what makes ghosts scary and to relate that to the religious culture and belief systems in Japan. In the beginning of the Meiji period, all sorts of performative artists struggled to adapt the broad lay of tradition and modify the earth to meet the demands of modernization. For example, it was a question at the time to say, "Gods don't really exist. They are just symptoms of neurosis. but you have to understand that the psychiatry imported from the Western countries was a novelty that played a powerful role in the drive to enlighten the nation and bring it up to date. This including uh, sweeping away the so-called superstitions that fed off of religious tradition in local areas. My interest is in ghosts as fear-inducing objects that stand midway between legend, and science or tradition and modernization. From there, I'm trying to get a clearer understanding of the transformation of received religious culture on a national level. My focus has been chiefly in Japan, but I believe the same phenomenon can be found in other countries, lashed into Western-style modernizing and struggling to keep what they can of their old ways.
1: That's awesome. I never, honestly, uh, before I read your introduction, I never really thought about the connection between ghost stories and modernization. So uh, that, that was very um enlightening. And what about you, Jim? What do you study about?
0: Well, I'm really just Takashi's helper in this uh, in this project. Um, I'm a retired um, professor, um, works in the field of Japanese philosophy and religion. I've spent um, the last 40-some years working at the Institute for Religion and Culture in Nagoya, Japan, um, where we focus on the dialogue between religions and philosophies East and West. It was when um, Takashi came to join our staff that I first learned of this whole new world of religion and horror. And uh, I'm still fascinated with it, but um, I'm just a rank amateur. So, as I said, I'm Takashi's helper in all of this.
1: Well, this is indeed uh, a very fascinating tale. So let's let's dive right in. Uh, my second question is about Yojakaidan itself. Um, I'm actually not sure how um, how it's generally translated in English, but Yojakaidan is one of the most famous ghost stories collections in Japanese literature, and there were different versions of it. So can you tell us more about the background of this work?
2: The most popular version of Yotsuya Kaidan today is the Kabuki play, written by Tsuya Namboku. Since the summer is the best season for ghost stories in Japan, from the time of the Edo period prior to modernization, this kind of play was intended to bring a cheer to the audience and a bit of respite from the sweltering heat. The Yotsuya Kaidan has many variants. Research suggests that its original form was that of an underground documentary novel published in 1727. Given the great scandal surrounding rumors of the collapse of three samurai houses through a dead woman's curse, the author had to maintain anonymity in creating a fictional tale based on scanty evidence. At the time, such novels served not only as entertainment but also as a form of informative journalism. In fact, the tale of the fall of the three houses is not without a basis in fact. OIWA was the actual wife of the Tamians household and cultivated faith in the god, Inari, to whom she had a small shrine built on the property. In any event, the work which I edited is by and large the translation of a rakugo version performed by shun kin The provenance of the story is still debated, but is, it is clear that many novelists and playwrights have been inspired by the Yotsuya Kaidan and that it is the basis for theatrical adaptations in rakugo and kabuki up to this day.
1: Fascinating. And um, this one in your translation is based on both the kabuki play and also from the notes of a rakugo storyteller's performance in early modern Japan. So what differences were there among these various versions, and why did you choose this kabuki version?
2: Oh, uh, the book you have in hand, came from the, the Kaidan, is based on the Rakugo version, which in turn is related to my own research on ghost stories in Rakugo. The Kabuki and Rakugo versions have completely different plots and storylines. Basically, Kabuki plays a uh, about the characters uh, of the main actors. In Nanbok's work, Yemon the husband of Oiwa is presented as a symbol of the evil and ambition when confronted with the revengeful ghost. His cruelty is in line with the expectations of the audience that the handsome young man stays in character, even if that meant abusing his family and committing murder. In contrast, the Lakugo version presents a tale of Oiva's revenge as a lackful spirit. After realizing she had been betrayed by her husband, she grew angry and withdrew from her fate, but not without first putting a curse on all those involved in in insidious plot. In a word, her curse stands at the center of the storyline here. Although this version lacks the striking stage effects of the Kabuki play, it powerfully depicts the apparition of angry spirits in a haunted city. In my view, this is the authentic form of horror that belongs to the history of Japanese religion. In fact, Oyo has been, and still is, worshipped in some Shinto shrines as a kind of deity and memorialized in a Buddhist temple, as a spirit watching over the dead.
1: That's very interesting, um, knowing the changes nowadays. Uh, But since this is a revised translation, and you mentioned in the introduction that the original translation of Yotsuya Kaidan was done by an American scholar in the early 20th century. What do we need to know about this original translation and what changes or modifications did you make to his translation?
2: The original translator, James S. Beneville, lived in Yokohama or Mardani which was known as a residential area for foreign diplomats in Main Japan. The appeared to be involved with the publication of an English language journal there. He also wrote a couple of books about Japanese culture and religion, as well as translating tales used by storytellers at the time including famous ghost stories like the Jekai-dan and Bancho Sarayashiki. Maybe I would um, add
0: add a note here if I can. Um, When when Takashi first uh, asked me to have a look at the text uh, with an eye to reissuing it, uh, it was immediately clear to me that the original translation could not have been a native English writer's working from an original Japanese text. There are simply too many the japanese idioms literally translated and peeking out through a rather clumsy and uh, unnatural english there were many times the text simply did not make sense and i find it um, i found it surprising that that specialists in japanese literature had not drawn attention to this earlier so dr saito had to reconstruct several suspicious passages from existing Japanese transcripts of Rakugo performances and none of them being an exact original of the text we were trying to fix up. So a lot of imagination had to be used in reconstructing the text. In all of this, um, I tried to keep some of the flavor of the quaint and um, rather dated English style of the age, but there was scarcely a sentence that did not need to be recast in the interests of the story and in the interests of a certain affection I have for the English language. I'm not sure I did my work as well as I might have. I'm never sure about these things. But we were satisfied in the end that we made the stories a little more accessible to today's reader.
1: I see. So by revised and corrected version, you did a lot of (laughs) revision. I see well that's certainly interesting to hear um, So what are these stories mainly about? You already uh, mentioned uh, about the main plots, but th- this is a story collection and they're made of small stories. So what are they what are these stories about?
2: Okay If one leaves only the translation, the context may not be obvious. I mentioned two points in this regard. Firstly, among scholars of Japanese literature, it is often said that many stories about the dead are intended to console their spirits. This is especially so in the case of war stories, like Heike Monogatari or Taiheiki. In this sense, Telling tales of the dead meant somehow living with them or, at least, sharing in their regrets and disappointments by taking over their memories. Of course, ghost stories like the, the Kaiden during written in the period had to be entertaining to readers, and the genre of oral storytelling helped prepare the public for the idea of vengeful spirits. In addition, the theatrical performance of Rakugo is rooted in Buddhist sermons and folk lectures. The founder of Rakugo, Anrakun Sakuden, was a pure Buddhist monk who collected comical stories in the early 17th century and made use of them in his religious talks. Once the door had been opened to Buddhist entertainers, following generations created the new stories and new styles to satisfy the changing needs of their community. In the late Ed period, the rakugo presented by professional performers in special halls had distanced itself from that original Buddhist mission and embraced a variety of genres from comedy to melodrama to horror. But as I said earlier, if the terrifying stories are related essentially to some kind of religiosity, the ghost stories we find in the Lakugo repertoire display another kind of a more modern horror, if you will. Um,
0: I might add here that um, even though these tales were recounted piecemeal by Rakugo storytellers, um, together they form a single tale with a beginning and an end, and maintaining this continuity uh, without adding text was something of a challenge. And so we prepared a list of dramatis personae to help the reader keep the players straight in the end. Um, I would, when we did that, I was thinking of the first time I started reading Russian novels in high school and had to write down the names of the unfamiliar uh, characters in the, in the back of the book as, uh, in order to keep track of things. And we kind of did the same thing with these tales.
1: Now, there's a very curious point um, in what you just mentioned. So we did have an interview previously on Lakugo as well, and we know that Lakugo is very much about laughter. They're supposed to make people laugh. Um, So um, in this case, however, the stories are supposed to be scary. (laughs) So in the Tokugawa period or in the uh, early 20th century, Did Rakugo also involve non-comedic stories?
2: We may call the period from the end of the, the period to the beginning of the Meiji period, the golden age of Rakugo. So many halls for performance were built in Tokyo and so many storytellers performed as professional entertainers. In the process, Different kinds of stories were developed and classified according to genre and length. At the time, it was not unusual for staging to continue for several days. The future performer had to break a long story up into purse to keep the attention of audience from one day to the next. The Lakugo world has kept its tradition alive to this day. It was ghost stories and horror genre that reigned supreme in the Lakugo repertoire. Sanyute Encho, also known as the god of Lakugo, wrote a number of long and famous ghost stories of his own. Including those that appear in the Kaidan Botan and Shinkei Kasanegachi. From an historical point of view, these two works are sometimes regarded as the ideal toward which rakugo storytellers should aspire. The late Katsura Utamaru, a modern-day representative of this tradition turned his attention to the retelling of Encho's ghost stories just before he passed away. Aside from his ghost, ghostly tales, Encho is very popular among researchers in Japanese literature. It has been said that his works influenced the reform of the modern Japanese language with importation of Western stenography into Japan, the first book, Botan was published from a transcription of the spoken language, which turned out to be dramatically different in style from the written version. Major writers like Futabate Shime and Natsume Soseki began to adapt their writing to the new colloquial style in order to give the language a, modern concrete, a more concrete and realistic tone. I find it interesting that a collection of ghost stories like Angel's Botan had a role to play here. By the time the trend to publish Lakugo books like including Duo's Yotsuya Kaiden, had come into its own. Mainstream rakugo had shifted to comedic stories. This reflected a change in public demand, as well as the increasing migration from the countryside into the larger urban areas. In short, the sophisticated art of telling ghost stories had fallen out of favor among the new generation in Tokyo.
1: And when we talk about ghost stories, um, especially ghost stories in pre-modern Japan, we often hear about their connection with religion, particularly Buddhism and Shinto, and you kind of mentioned earlier that Oiwa is now um, deified and uh, worshipped in Shinto shrines. So in the case of Yotsuya Kaidan, and in particular this version in your translation, What are some of the most representative religious elements?
2: Okay. As I remarked earlier, ghost stories in Japan had a social function to play in bringing consolation to the spirits of those who had died with a grievance to others. In that case, the act of telling stories and listening to them would appear to function in the community as a kind of religious ritual. The work we are talking about here today, the Zia could not only terrify the leaders with its bloody distinctions, but also induce them to make a pilgrimage to the sacred ground of Oiva's grave. As a result, she was enshrined in different places as a Shinto deity whom people would visit to ask for favors. The custom of invoking the powerful spirits of dead spirits, uh, properly enshrined as a means to good fortune, is common in Japan. There is also the belief that she might still be angry beneath her gravestone in the Buddhist temple. And so, even today, actors praying in a theatrical rendition of the, the Kaiden are known to pray for a safe performance. According to the next uh, text of Ryuo, who, like Encho, is a representative of early uh, mage Rakugo, he rebuilt was grave to memorialize her life and advertise his performance. I believe that a careful reading of ghastly tales from the zekaidan will make the reader appreciate the attraction of such religious activities, even if one had no affiliation with Shinto or Buddhist beliefs. This is no doubt aided by the fact that These activities belong to a folk culture of Japan that has no literal uh, or textual creed of its own. Consider this work an invitation to that work.
1: Fascinating. And uh, so what's your favorite story in this collection?
2: (laughs) My favorite thing is the death of Kaiho. In chapter 17, after receiving word of OIWA's curse, he began to show symptoms of delirium on recurring his involvement in the crime of murder. In his state, he imagined being haunted by the shadows of his victims. As I mentioned earlier, the concept of neurosis was something new to audiences at the time but there is more to his case as events taking place around him bordered on the irrational and paranormal with the appearance of two animals, a snake and a rat. From the Buddhist legend of Dojoji, the snake is thought to be a symbol of feminine desire and jealousy. But here it is also an avatar of Oiwa, who was born in the year of luck, according to the Chinese astrological calendar. Both animals play an important role in exposing the transcendent power of vengeful ghosts. In this context, the scientific terminology turned out to be based on religious phenomena, since everything that happens is the result Of Oyo's power as a deity or a demon.
1: Well, that's very ghastly indeed. (laughs) Um, Now, my mm -hmm. yes, uh, Jim, would you like to add your favorite story as well?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Takashi's choice of a favorite is um, obviously it's based on a wealth of background knowledge, but mine is just a matter of uh, ignorant fascination. I love the description of denske that's Iwa's father and uh, a manservant. I love the description of his gradual discovery of the body of the moneylender in the attic as the blood dripped down from the ceiling into the rice pot and his attempts to uh, dispose of the body. Um, um, this, this mixture of um, his own horror and uh, fear of displeasing his lord is, well, it was just masterful.
1: i agree it definitely it sounds like a proper scary story already (laughs) Um, now my last question is a bit broad Um, but how do you think ghost stories like this or these tell us about the ways that people in the past dealt with fear imagination and the unexplainable Uh,
2: thank you for your questions I am so happy you asked, because my research on fear is wrestling precisely with this question. When it comes to the emotional aspect of religiosity, I am always reminded of what Robert R. had to say in his book, The Threshold of Religion. Savage religion is something not so much sought out as danced out. The frightening experiences lived in the ghost stories provide us with a new epistemology about the world much the same way that myth does Having felt real fear we need to deal with the residue at some point by locating the experience in the framework of something reliable and believable Perhaps, this is why a ghost story offers a general solution within the structure of the story itself. In this way, the intensive sense of fear can be mitigated and transformed into sight. Like mythology, this text can also be said to prepare us for future experience. In Japanese religious culture, ghosts seem to be the most common sources of fear, even if the word does not always have the same meaning. The biggest challenge I have faced in my research is getting a handle on just what fear consists of beyond the belief systems and rational definitions. This is why ghosts who occupy a middle ground between the visible and the invisible world continue to hold my interest. The Kabuki version of the Utsuya Kaidan is still among the most famous ghost stories in Japan. Most movie adaptations are based on its storyline. Unfortunately, there is only one translation of the play and it's in French. I have tried to introduce the Kaidan to English readers by another route. My hope is that this little book will give them a taste of the fascinating world of the Japanese ghost story.
0: Hmm. If I might add something to that, um, traditional religion I mean, uh, both um, organized and popular, it has always um, offered ways to deal with this frightening world of the unknown and uncontrollable forces. Um, like the human beings who create it and pass it on from one generation to the next and one world to the next, religion has um, never found a means to conquer death, only a way to keep the desire to conquer it alive, and keep it at the center of of life. So institutional and rationalized forms of religion um, may often seem to offer certainties about death, but when it comes to the complex imagery surrounding death and dying with ghosts and hauntings and the unseen hand of punishment for evildoers in this life, religions have never been able to replace the role of superstition and over-belief. Don't we carve the letters R.I.P. on Christian gravestones and sing requiescat in pace to the dead? Rest in peace. We command them, but what else can they do? (laughs) According to Orthodox teachings, not much. They've already been judged and dispatched to their reward or their punishment. But somehow we know better, or perhaps we fear the worst. So we beg them and sing to them to stay put. <laughs> Without this kind of, um, of overstep of tradition, religion would simply wither away and disappear from culture. This realization is what makes the Kaidan universal. Not just quaint stories of a bygone era in Japan, and faraway culture but something that uh, is still very much alive um, in our own day.
1: I know that many um, students of the Japanese language or beginners of Japanese cultural studies are uh, deeply fascinated by Japanese ghost stories, especially from the pre-modern times. And I think this book and your remarks will definitely encourage um, the readers to see ghosts from multiple perspectives. Well, thank you so much for this uh, very enlightening and uh, tiny bit scary conversation. I really appreciate your time. Thank, thank you,
0: you very much. for having us. Yeah.
1: And for our readers, um, for <laughs> listeners, um, if you're looking for a perfect ghost story night, make sure to check out "Ghastly Tales from the Yotsuya Kaidan" by Dr. Saito Takashi and James Heisig. This is Jingyi of New Books in Japanese Studies, and I will see you soon.